What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about Wednesday's games, and we're going to talk about baseball. So, we have Davey Garcia and Prelander Baroa going for the White Sox. Garcia went two innings of zero and runs, one walk and three Ks, and Prelander Baroa one inning with two strikeouts. The main thing here is, okay, Prelander, I know I had this whole, like, whoa, oh my gosh, Prelander Baroa, but it's pretty obvious he's going to be in relief at this point. But Davey Garcia going two innings, three Ks, okay. I'm going to at least pay a little attention in my super deep leagues, but for the most part, these guys aren't really anything for us to be focusing on in 12s and probably not in 15s at this moment either. Logan Gilbert, two innings, zero and runs, one walk, three Ks. Good to see that from him. Um, Brady Singer, uh, one hit in three walks, uh, zero walks in three Ks. I'm glad that he's going okay. And really with Gilbert and Singer, there's nothing really to report. I couldn't watch this one. We have no StackCast data. Um, Singer, obviously, is going to have a job. Gilbert's going to already have a job. Really, again, for spring training, it's all about anything that's super interesting that would make us really change our opinion, and nothing seems to be there here. For Matt Waldron and Johnny Brito, both of them went three innings in their games. What's interesting there is they are both fighting for a rotation spot for the Padres. There are two spots, and there are really four guys who could get those two spots. Pedro Avila, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Brito, and Matt Waldron. And with both of them going three innings, they're both getting stretched out enough to do it in this one. So I think Vasquez has an inside track for it. I think Avila did, but he didn't look very good in the first one. And I wonder if Brito or Waldron find their way in there. You have Tristan Beck, and he's out. Um, He has a nerve issue with his shoulder. So what are the Giants doing now? You have Keaton Wynn, who was already delayed a little bit too. And uh, so they had Spencer Howard for an inning. Yeah. Uh, You also had Sean Jelly, uh, but he allowed three and runs in two innings, and it might not be the case there, but he might be their default. Mason Black. Uh, Carson Weisenhunt, I believe, as well, or Weisenhunt. So, monitor what the Giants are doing. They really should be signing Jordan Montgomery or Blake Sell. Let's just be honest. They so obviously should be doing that. Paul Blackburn went two innings in order to run. Um, don't worry about it with Paul Blackburn. He's in the rotation, but whatever. Luis Medina apparently hit 101, which is harder than any pitch he threw last year. However, command is always an issue with Medina. Um, he threw hard last year, 96, anyway, and it still wasn't a good fastball. And really was a slider waking up for a moment that made, me int- made us interested in him um, last year. Um, as far as other games, I did not have any StatCast data, but I was able to watch these um, a bit on TV. Josh Winkowski, two innings, zero runs, one walk, one K. I'm not interested there. Joey Cantillo, um, prospect for the Guardians. A little bit interesting, two innings, one run, one hit, one walk. And uh, he, I believe he had a strikeout or two. Uh, he has a big curveball and honestly not a bad heater. Like I, I felt like this is a guy that, yeah, he's going to be a part of this rotation this year at some point. Is it going to be someone that I'm going to be jumping over, uh, everybody to get? Probably not. I don't really think he's that electric, but he's not a bad pitcher. And that's, that's cool. Um, Brandon Font also pitched in that game and inning two and runs one walk zero case. I didn't say anything new and that's all that's really important there. Didn't really look like a guy in command at the moment. His, his sweeper wasn't really looking like he had a good feel, but it's, uh, it's one inning in spring training. Now, Yoshinobu Yamamoto obviously made his debut. That's a big story. Watch this one. And yeah, he looked good. This is a good pitcher. Uh, do I think that this is the most overpowering fastball I've seen? No. Do I think that he's just all of a sudden a 
you know, if he goes 180 innings, he's like the fifth best starting pitcher or something like that. I don't know if I believe that, but he's going to go about 150. He's going to have a good four pitch mix, good enough command, uh, probably get a far, fair number of strikeouts with the splitter. Like he's good. I get it. And that's really, there is to say there. Cody Bradford was on the other side, um, two innings and was serviceable. I guess he's the SP5 for the Rangers. All right, that's just what it is. Um, what I do find interesting is the Cubs-Brewers game. Not really the Brewers side, but uh, apparently now there's a 50-50 chance of Wade Miley is going to be ready for opening day. And I just go, what? All right, Ashby maybe? I don't know. We'll talk about that another time. But uh, Jordan Wicks went three innings. Zero runs, four hits, zero walks, and two strikeouts. Caleb Killian went two innings, one and run, three hits, zero walks, and two Ks. Caleb Killian looks so good to me. I mean, really, I am so impressed by him. They were talking on the broadcast so that he'd be more suited for the bullpen. I I just feel like Caleb Killian is throwing 97, 99 at times, and like a good curveball and uh, just all the stuff you want. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's really good. He's a good pitcher. He's much different than anything I've seen from him before. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. So, yeah, I really hope they let him start. And I think I was I was making my cue for TGFBI. I think I said before, he was 1,009th ranked inside of the NFBC rankings. Not ADP. ADP was like 580, but the, everyone just gets thrown into 580 or so. He was 1,009th. So, yeah, that's what we call a sleeper. Um, we have guys to talk about from StatCast um, that I was able to both either watch on TV or not at all and just read their data. And we're going to talk about all of those guys after this break. Tarek Scoobin went two innings, zero and runs, one hit, sorry, one walk and two strikeouts. He threw nine four-seamers and averaged between 95 to 99.6. So he averaged 97.5. That's a little bit higher than the 95.8 that he set last year. The thing is, though, it was the same slider, and I thought he was retooling it. I thought he was fixing it. No, it's kind of the same slider, and the command wasn't pristine. So in my head, it's like, okay, Tarek Skubal, one of the bigger worries I had about you was that your velocity was going to be down, right? Like it was not going to be the 96 really that we saw last year. It's going to be closer to the 94, 95, and that doesn't look to be the case. That's great. The other side was that, well, he's really a fastball changeup guy. And he doesn't really have the greatest four-seamer command, and the slider needs to do more. That's still the thing, honestly. So I'm going to raise up Scooble. I've already said publicly, he's going to be in my top 20. I know that. I'm probably going to have Scooble like at like 15 or 16 at the end of the day. And um, the way I'm framing it is you have those safer plays. That's like your, it was where Bradish is, but like where uh, Framber Valdez is and Joe Musgrove and Max Fried and Freddie Peralta. And I'm going to have Tarek Skubal above them. Um, but is he above Cole Riggins? No. And he's not on TV today. I'm still really upset about it. <laughs> um, but it's it's going to be around there or so. We have Quinn Priester, two innings, zero in runs, zero hits, zero walks, and one strikeout. I didn't really expect to talk much about Priester, but I do want to note it is a much better slider. It's harder, it's tighter, four out of six whiffs. He also split it between his fastball and his, uh, as well, like Blake's not blueprint style. It was really good. And the Pirates need something that's really good right now that isn't Jared Jones, because they don't want to push Jared Jones into the rotation right now, or Paul Skeens. They want to wait a little bit. And considering at the end of that rotation is like Billy Fulter and Luis Ortiz, 
and Romanti Contreras right now, there is a chance that Quentin Priester is starting out of the gate. So if he looks like this, there is a chance and forget everything that you know about Priester after last year's just debacle. Um, Jared Jones also did pitch in this one, 1.2 innings of zero and run, zero hits, two walks, two Ks. He sat 97-98. Uh, his slider was floated a lot. Um, it wasn't the greatest locations, but yeah, he's he's cooking. Uh, it's such a good fastball. Uh, Dean Kramer was two ticks down and he had a poor cutter. So that's not good for the Orioles. And he wasn't the greatest thing ever last year, but he was really good when he had his cutter down and his four-seamer upstairs, and that was worse in both ways here. So pay attention to that for Dean Kramer, because it does open up more spots from the rotation if he's not really looking sharp at all, and that means that Cole Irvin and Teller Wells, and then someone else, Jade po- uh, Cade Povich, I said Jade Povich, oh man, Chase McDermott, but also Justin Arm Brewster, who went three innings, was very impressive as well. And they've also said that Arm Brewster looks like the one who would get the jump first, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Pablo Lopez looking normal. That's cool. Velo is still there. And Edward Cabrera, I saw some people say, oh my gosh, two innings, zero runs, zero walks, two Ks. There you go. Well, it's five or four, 11 in fastball strikes. And to me, that's the biggest deal. Sure, you can say the curveball too. Really, the changeup was good enough that he didn't allow a walk. But I mean, the changeups is the best pitch. So yeah, uh, it's not enough yet for, uh, for Edward Cabrera. Now, there was a guy... Oh, man, there was a guy that really, really impressed me. And there is a little extra left to be done with his secondary stuff. But A.J. Smith, Shaver, my gosh. Yeah, you're going to see the line. Oh, no, two innings, three and runs, four hits, one walk. Let me tell you, I watched all of this. It was against the Phillies. He was throwing 94 to 99. And lots of them were like 97, 99. Even in the second inning, he threw 94 as like his first pitch and 95. Then he got back to 97. AJ Smith-Shaver's fastball was looking great. The secondaries is a big question. It's a slider, it's a curve, and it's a changeup. And the changeup really is a splitter, I think, now. And the two home runs he allowed, one was to Bohm, and one was to uh, JT Real Muto. The Real Muto one was, I believe, a 2-2 count, uh, but it was a slider that he just could not put away Real Muto. What he should have been doing is either uh, a four-seamer higher upstairs or really that splitter. And he didn't go to, but he only went to the slider. And then he did a first pitch slider, I think, to Bohm. That was just a hanger. And Bohm crushed it. And the slider had a good-looking one that was a bomb, but everything else wasn't there. The The curve kind of was there, and then kind of wasn't. But the splitter did look good. And he started throwing the second inning in those two straight counts. Instead, he threw it, the splitter to a righty, and it was much better than the slider. So there's something to be said about that. Um, AJ Smith-Shaver throwing this hard, which is a four-seamer that has good IVB. It's not a good VAA. It's not the greatest extension. It was fine extension last year. But he does get a lot of vert on this, and he throws it really hard. He's throwing it upstairs, and maybe there's more extension now, too, because he's throwing harder. I'm keeping my sharp eye on AJ Smith-Shaber at the moment. Um, Ryan Pepio also pitched two innings, three Ks. I watched this one. He did have high heaters and low sliders and change-ups. He wasn't... I don't know how to put it. Like... At the end of the day, the pitches were in the locations you want. As I'm watching it, it wasn't the most impressive. Does that make sense? It could have been just a weird side camera angle. But I didn't feel that, oh yeah, Pepio's in command and control of this while he went. But the box scores, I'm sorry, the locations and the stack cast stuff look good. So, all right. Uh, I'm still somewhat in on uh, Pepio, especially with like, it was what, 85% high lock, something like that. Um, Miles Michaelis is up a tick 
it's still 94 in a poor, in poor shape, but at least he has that. And also the strikes were all like in this down and hittable spot. So yeah, Miles Michaels, no thank you. But the other note is, of course, Ryan Helsley. His velocity is looking back to normal now, and that's cool. Um, he's still a tick down, but he was way lower before, and it just looks like he's normally ramping up. So everything should be fine there. All right, that is it for today. Uh, I am playing catch-up. I'm here in Florida and I am going to be writing notes for the Thursday edition and getting that out tonight. So whew, we're going to be back to normal everything tomorrow morning um, for the Plus Pitch podcast. Um, but that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.